0: listening to Cheap Seat Reviews the podcast, explores the Hollywood film industry Always for the greater good. This is episode six? six. 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 Apparently, I have I have four of my six of
1: about thirty eight that are actually out there, yeah. but will never uh, show.
0: Episode six. I apparently have episode four in my notes, so I guess I didn't have to update that part. So episode six, and we're talking about Skyfall, the, the 007 Skyfall, uh, James Bond. Uh, I think it's the twenty third uh, incarnation of the James Bond. Uh, yep. Franchise, making it the largest franchise of films ever. Um, I actually looked that up not too long ago for a different bet. Uh, my name is Sh- say, what? I was gonna say, isn't it celebrating the 50th year of Bond 2? It, it was believe- when this movie came out. It was the 50th year. Um, so I'm Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Chad. There's a scorpion on your
2: hand, Evans. That's, uh, that's me. Yep. I like it. The scorpions, uh,
0: Cornelius. <laughs> that's not how to use an elevator, Logan. It's the only way to use an elevator. And Sam, this movie has almost as many bad jokes as this podcast vector.
1: Oh, okay. I um, hope to attribute
0: to you, that. I'm sure you will. All right. Well, let's pull up a comfy chair and dive into to this movie. So 007, James Bond. I mean, it's, it doesn't get any more iconic than that. And um, this, this stars Daniel Craig um, and some other people and directed by Sam Mendez. And I want to talk about him for just three seconds. Um, and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> he he has done some extraordinary work. Um, he obviously won an Oscar for American Beauty, right? He won an Oscar for that. Um, that win,
1: that, yeah, that did win.
3: That yeah, that year. did win.
0: Yeah, uh, he's also done uh, directed um, such other good films as um, American uh, Road to Perdition, which is a, a favorite of mine, with also oh. starring Daniel Craig. Um, he's he's the bad guy. Jarhead, which um, kind of Made me uncomfortable, but it's still a good movie. Revolutionary Road, Away We Go, Skyfall, and then Bond Twenty Four and rumored Bond Twenty Five.
1: Oh wow! So he's he's got okay, great. yeah.
0: Um, and the funny part is, is that I saw in the trivia, not to get too far off that, but uh, Daniel Craig, first of all, didn't even want to do the first one, uh, hmm. but I guess mm-hmm. they threw enough money at him, he decided to do it. Um, but then of trains. Uh, but then he said, <laughs> "I'm I'm only going to do three um, but he signed a contract to do five, so he's stuck for the next two. Oh, that sucks. Um and there's there's actually some maybe irony uh in that, uh because there's a, there's actually a Bond movie called Never Say Never Again, which was basically Sean Connery saying I'm done and then they're like, Well you have a contract that says you're gonna do one more.
2: Um, that one that one if I'm not mistaken, that was the kind of the unofficial Bond movie. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, um it was It didn't really happen, because it sucks so bad.
0: Yeah, well... (laughs) And
2: it wasn't supposed to intend to be a Bond movie.
0: Right. Well, I I will say this uh, up front. Um, I am not a Bond nerd, so if you are a Bond nerd and I get things wrong, don't yell at me. Um, I'm more or less sorry. Um, You can say that again. I I really only started watching these with Pierce Brosnan and the... um, uh, the The Golden Eye, starting with Golden Eye, starting yeah. with Golden Eye, um, and then going downhill from there. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, of uh, the Pierce Brosnan fields, that was the only good one. Truly, yeah. it was the only good one. I uh, agree. I actually thought that that one was really fun, and they made a really awesome video game for the N sixty four, which got me through college. So, the uh, Only game I ever touched. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, there were two games, but that one was yeah,
2: full crap.
0: Anyway, I said, I said, yes on that. Anyway, we're not going to go down that roll, uh, that <laughs> yes. rabbit hole. But um, so, so we get to this. This is the third of the, of the, of the Daniel Craig tri- trilogy, Casino Royale being first, and then Quantum of Solace, which is the worst name ever, second, and then uh, uh, this one, uh, Skyfall. Um, I think that I personally like uh, Casino Royale best. Um, I did like that one. I, I liked it because, because the franchise was dying, I think. In, yeah. in my opinion, the franchise was in trouble. Uh, Pierce Brosnan uh, in that stupid ice movie with the invisible car and Halle Berry almost killed the franchise that movie was so atrocious that I, i literally think that it almost killed the franchise and it took um this this new vision of bond to kind of uh to kind of save the franchise truly um uh martin campbell directed casino royale and uh without you, sir, um this franchise I think is in is in deep trouble. Um and this guy's also done I think this guy directed uh I think he directed Goldeneye. Uh he did direct Goldeneye, so hey, good job. He also directed The Legend of Zorro. Um oh, and The, the Mask uh, of Zorro. And Antonio and and uh I actually liked the first one. Um
2: anyway, that's beside
0: the point too. Uh, so anyway, so I um, so c- good job to him, and um, we're very happy that you uh, saved this franchise, so that we could watch this movie and then talk about it. Um, yeah. Oh, what are we talking about? What I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, so, uh, who's Bond? I don't I don't know who this Bond character is. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, hopefully my lovely uh, voice person will uh, enlighten you.
2: Bond's loyalty to M is tested when her past comes back to haunt her. While MI6 comes under attack, 007 must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost.
1: Oops, sorry. Okay. (laughs) Wow, I love it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's pretty
2: cool. How much did we have to pay for that? Um...
0: It it cost me a, a bit of Sean's soul. Well, um, uh, well, no. It obviously it was uh it was uh, we're <laughs> we're cheap seat reviews for a reason. Uh, I'm calling in a favor, um, uh, each week, which is become starting to, to to count up or whatever stack up against me. So anyway, so that's what this movie is. Um, that's the the Netflix uh the Netflix intro uh, was actually different. Uh, and it had uh, a lot of weird language like obliterate and things like that. So we went with the IMDb version. Um, so Casino Royale came out in 2013 or 12? 12. 12. Wow. Twelve. So making it the 50th year anniversary of Dr. No. Um, and wow. some real purists will say that Dr. No is the first. And some would say that Casino Royale was the first. Because there was actually a movie before Dr. No, Casino Royale. Um, that's what that was based on the books that I can't remember who wrote that created the James Bond franchise, but it's not considered part of the James Bond canon. Again, mm-hmm. this is only trivia that I'm remembering. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Ish. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so back to kind of what I was getting at. Um, I really liked this movie. Um, I still think Casino Royale is a little better. Um, and I think these 3 th- 3 the second one has is bad for different reasons. Uh just cuz it's confusing and I don't know why there's a hotel in the middle of the desert, but um that can blow up when you just look at it. Um but I I really like the realness of this movie. It feels yeah. believable. I, um, I I every other
3: statement I made was about realistic. Wow, that's that's okay, good. I'm not the only one.
1: No. Well, no yeah. I think what what um what they've done here is a lot like what Christopher Nolan did for Batman. You know, Batman would pretty much jump the shark with some of the later iterations, and he reeled it in and made it gritty, made it more of a detective story that, that were, you know, the, the purists were loving. And in, in the same way, they did that with Bond. Bond was getting way out of control in terms of, of this, you know,
0: it, it had spectacle. Be- it had become a cartoon. Think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. A lot of, of nuke the fridge moments, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, Bond, the old Bond movies, and, and I, you know, I agree with Sean. I, I, I'm not a huge Bond fan. You know, I don't go and, and seek out the movies, but I enjoy them. I remember watching them at a, you know, my friend's house in high school, and his parents watched the marathons, you know, that mm-hmm. they used to come on TV. And they were all practical, special effects. You know, if a car exploded, it was, you know, it exploded. It wasn't until the the later, the especially Roger the more years, years, yeah, where they started bringing in some of these crazy um, computer. You know, especially with Pierce Brosnan, the computer yeah. effects and the Out of This World. You know, what was it? He wrote a tidal wave. Yeah, research, a tidal wave <laughs> he, or something like that. Yeah, he did. You know, every shot in in these new Bond movies, you could feasibly say. You know, these were stunt people, or these were these were actual things that they did, and I really appreciate that. That's to me, that's that's somebody getting nitty gritty, hard to work, you know, or you know, hard at work at making a, a movie like this. And I think Bond needs to stay in that realm, especially nowadays when. <laughs> when we get these movies where anything can happen only because of special effects. Does that make
2: sense? Absolutely. Well, and if I if I may, yes, um, please. originally, you know, with the with the original Sean Connery Bond films, I mean, the emphasis I think was really on just the espionage, the the um the cloak and dagger type types type, uh, type spy movies. And then you get into the the Roger Moore type where emphasis was put more on the gadgets. And and more of a there's always a bond girl that's, that's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a theme uh, and they always more, had
0: really dumb names, of course. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, we won't mention even,
0: some of them because
1: we want to be a family friendly. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they even continued that real bad thing into Golden Eye, where yeah. uh, the girl what played Jean Grey was in it, and she had like I don't even remember her name, but it was like it's almost rated R. Um, just the name she had, so so yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Chad. I didn't interrupt you. Please continue.
2: But I, th- the, I think the one thing that I liked about the the reboot, so to speak, if we we're we we're going to call it that, which I'm going to call it that. But the I like the return to that kind of a Sean Connery type bond with the the more emphasis on the espionage and less on the on the gadgets or the the special effects, so to speak. It's more of a. Um, it's it's more of that old school sci, or old school uh, spy flick, right. in my opinion.
0: I, I think that um, one of the things that helped this movie, uh, and I, I and as I'm watching this movie, I'm I'm reminded of two other movies. Um, it reminds me of The Born Identity, and I think when that movie came out, it reminded people that we can do movies that don't have mm-hmm. super high special effects that really yeah. is. Just a couple of guys in you know body doubles and they're duking it out and and being clever and witty and smart and outwitting your opponent and you know you know, Jason Bourne wins because he's just smarter than you and better trained um, he he's not he's not just because he has the bigger gun it 's just he knows how to use it better and i and that I reminded of that a lot in this movie and, and the trilogy the trilogy reboot um, but I'm also um <laughs> Thank you, Corney. You can't send me messages when we're, when we're recording because I'm going to look at them. Um. Anyway, uh, damn it, where was I going? Oh, the other thing that reminded me a lot of, and I'm glad you mentioned the Dark Knight. Um, I think that when Heath Ledger came out with the Joker, and mm-hmm. and did his performance as the Joker, I think there has been a turn or a or a, a conscious effort to make bad guys more interesting than these just one dimensional I'm a bad guy because I'm a bad guy yeah um and you can really see that in this bad guy and Javier Bardem's performance I mean he's he's a really interesting bad guy now granted I kind of rolled my eyes a couple times and I actually almost started this podcast by saying today we're watching Goldeneye I mean Skyfall sorry I forgot the whole revenge you know the the uh the agent turned bad, you know. Obviously, they had used that before. The story, yeah. But with a different twist, obviously. Sean Bean wasn't out to kill. That the, was Sean Bean, wasn't it? I just realized it. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Winter is Coming himself. So He really does die in everything. He does. <laughs> uh, he, he really does. Um, <laughs> in fact, okay, there's like there's a, there's a whole meme about that, which is really funny. No, anyway... Uh, so I I, I liked uh, his uh, performance in this. He he gets a little weird and a little over the top, which I think is interesting and fun because uh, you kind of want your Bond villains to be a little creepy and weird and over the top. Um, but in, in some way, it was believable too, though. Oh yeah, totally. You know, there, um, there was
1: I I you almost feel for him because you kind of see it from his point of view. Uh, you know,
0: he was left high and dry as an agent. Right. I, well, I he, am. Yeah, but he was left high and dry because of his own actions. It wasn't well, like he was a good agent that got left high and dry. He was. Yeah. He was a bad agent that he got left yeah. high and dry.
1: But you can. You still, you see it that he was. No,
0: right. No, you're right. You
1: know. Yeah. And then you know he takes the darn cyanide pill, and it. And doesn't, doesn't kill even him. kill
0: him. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get that awkward CGI mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure
2: that's, that's not how that. Much. Yeah, pretty sure that's not how that how cyanide works. I'm not a scientist. I can not I
1: really believe say. it. Didn't he mention it wasn't cyanide? It was some sort of acid.
0: Well, I thought it was it say was, it was methanol, cyanide, whatever it is. I mean, it was cyanide. Yeah. It just didn't kill him. Um, and then we got you know weird monkey CGI mouth, and that it just in the movie because we all watched this. I didn't. I didn't mention. I didn't say to ask. Hey guys, have you seen this? Well, I know you've seen it because we all watched it together yeah, when, we did. It, when it came out <laughs> yeah. in the movie theater uh, <laughs> last year. Um, Uh, so I wasn't going to ask that, but, um, I remember watching it then. And when they did the mouth bit, I remember thinking, Hey, that was kind of cool. And then now watching it on my computer screen going, that looks kind of awkward. Um, and I don't know if it's just the transfer or, or what, but I just thought that bit was, it's, it took me out of the movie a little bit, but
1: whatever. Again, because it was CGR.
0: Right. So I was going to
3: say on top of that, and you know, we've been doing this now for, uh, two months or so and I think we've all gotten a little bit more uh, critical of seeing things uh, and maybe we were just in the moment of oh, this is a really good bond so you you know we kind of missed the that was weird I think it I think it was weird then we just didn't it didn't yeah. bother I mean,
0: us. we probably just didn't care either you know I mean there was probably some kid kicking Chad in the back of the head or something we just weren't no, I think it was just corny or that too so um I did any popcorn I took a lot <laughs> of notes on this movie um I took way more notes on this movie than I have on like last couple movies, and I don't really know why. I just kept writing stuff. Um, so before I get into my notes, I do I, I did write some really cool trivia. Uh, at least I thought it was cool. I don't. I'm not going to get uh, like the movie does not feature any American actors in the, uh, or characters, which is unusual for a big budget English language film. But Wolf Blitzer was in the newsreel. Doesn't he count? Isn't he American? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I guess he is, isn't he? Yeah, so, ha, you're wrong, trivia person on IMDb. Nice. Uh, Put it in
3: Star, so.
0: Judy Dench has more screen time in this film alone than Desmond Llewellyn has in the 17 films as Q, making her portrayal of M the most common character in the series after Bond himself. Wow. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. The, I wrote. The, I, I chose this one just because all four of us are lovers of, of the music and soundtracks and things like that. Three of us being music majors. Um, Judy Dench's house, M's uh, house in the film is the former is the former home of the legendary Bond composer John Barry. Who oh. and if you don't know who John Barry is, wow. Yeah. Um, he, his other than Bond stuff, his most famous piece of work, which won him—I don't know if it won him an Academy Award, but it won him something. I think uh, he did the soundtrack for um, *Dances with Wolves*. Um, so, big fan. Uh, the filmmakers thought it would be a lovely tribute to the late composer who composed many of the James Bond film scores and defined the signature theme music in the series. His work being a core inspiration for the modern bond music composed by David Arnold, John Barry passed away in two thousand and eleven thomas newman 's score for Skyfall has been said to pay tribute to Barry, so I just thought that was really cool uh, and really a really a nice way to to pay tribute to a man who because you think of Bond, you think of that music you, I mean, oh, yeah, you think of and Sean Connery first, and then you think of that music yeah. um, and and music obviously is such a vital role to. To the film, you know, uh, to the, the feel of a film. Even. Yeah, just
1: it's it, another texture that that is, yeah. I, in my opinion, is one of the more important
0: parts of, of the film. And,
1: and, and you can have a great soundtrack and the film be mediocre, and it and it really raises the quality of that film.
0: Oh yeah, I can actually think of multiple examples of that. Um, um, uh, not right now, but <laughs> Empire of uh, the Sun.
3: How about uh, yeah, Bad Boys? Even exactly. though that's not a great movie. Yeah, but Empire the, of the Sun's a good the, movie,
0: I think. Um, I think *In Sun sounds a good movie, but you're right—the soundtrack I think elevates that movie. I mean, *Far and uh, Away*. F- I like *Far and Away* just because John Williams. We're just <laughs> naming John Williams' films. Um, <laughs> I actually like *Far and Away* too, but some would argue that point too—that it's, it's just a long epic that's just too long. Um, but, but you're right. No, I, I see your point though. There are some movies that are just—they're just made better by the soundtrack. You guys said uh, you—I think John Williams, and I, I, I lost where I was going, but. Um. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But obviously, we're all musicians. by the way.
1: Um, point of information: Wolf Blitzer was born in Germany. Well, damn. I
0: guess with that kind of that kind of name, I guess maybe I should have yeah. figured that out. <laughs> so fine, no Americans. Well, my apologies. to Natural. I'm
1: sure he's an American citizen by now. Yeah. But, you know.
0: all right, well, my apologies, IMDb dude who wrote that trivia. You are right. <laughs> so don't send your hate mail to me. Um. Uh, yes, please do. Um. I, I, but. <laughs> So while we're we're talking about for just a second about the soundtrack, what did you think of this soundtrack? Of this movie soundtrack, what did you think?
3: I I love this soundtrack. Uh, it everything seemed very appropriate. Nothing was in the way. Nothing was just odd. It all felt right. Hmm. That, that's my opinion.
1: Sorry. I completely agree with Corny. I loved. I absolutely loved some of the new themes that were kind of put out there. But also, when you, uh, what was it, is it the Aston Martin,
0: yeah. right? That yeah. car,
1: when you see that and you hear that Bond theme, oh, does that just run into your veins. It just makes you feel good.
3: I and love then they theme. use the, the, Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's uh, pretty much the original Bond theme, right? Um, correct, yeah. Like from 70 or
0: 70s or '60s 62, thank you. 50 years, do the math, come on. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, it is. it is. It is the original music. Um, it's that, that great feel that, um, in fact, if you want to listen to not Bond music that sounds like Bond music uh, and it pays great tribute to it, um, is The Incredibles. Uh, Michael Giacchino yeah, yeah. wrote that music be- because of Bond. Um, And it's got those great screeching, growling trumpets and that big band, high energy feel. And you're right. When you see, whenever something's, whenever in this movie, you got normal music in in the background that's building the tension and the excitement. But then when you break into that, that 007 theme, you know somebody's about to get their ass beat. And that's awesome. And it just gets your blood going and... Uh, it just It just makes you excited, just like like in Star Wars, you hear that Star Wars iconic music, you know something awesome's about to happen unless it's movies one, two or three, but then it'll just, <laughs> then it 'll just be pretty um, bad so I, I just want to talk about that. I love the music, I thought it was really good. Um, I'd like to throw one one other uh, thing in
2: yeah
3: there was no overuse of the theme, and
2: yeah, you right. only
3: yeah. hear it at the moment he sees the Aston Martin the old car, the old theme. Mm-hmm. You really don't get that anywhere else in the movie. And uh, I, I thought it was brilliant that the that, that they waited, I mean, that they used it there and only there. You didn't use it for anything else.
0: You're, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember maybe a couple of moments that was just hinted throughout, like they mm-hmm. kind of played off the theme. But you're right, it wasn't every time he was in a fist fight they would use the Bond theme. Um, in fact, a couple of the... The fight scenes are well, no, no. I guess all the fight scenes are pretty. They have they have the soundtrack, but um, or the, some type of music. I was trying to remember if the silhouette fight scene where he's fighting the sniper. If that had music or not, but I think it did. Yeah. Um, hey, there was a goof yeah. there. Did you guys notice that goof? Well, that? well, let's
1: let's go. Is there any way we could try to go through the movie almost um, uh, not scene by scene, but you know from beginning to end? Because there's a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, let me get I, let me get this one last piece of trivia, in, and then we'll do that real quick. We'll just okay. kind of do a quick rundown. Director Sam Mendes used to be used to be in a relationship with actress Rachel Weiss, or Weiss, however you want to pronounce it, I'm gonna say Weiss, who was who was once rumored to going to be in the cast uh, for the movie. Weiss is now married to the actor playing James Bond, Daniel Craig. Weiss also starred in the espionage films such as The Born Legacy and The Constant Gardener, for which she won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, and which co- coincidentally also starred Ralph Fiennes. So, or Rafe, how you want to pronounce it. So, that <laughs> I just thought that was, I mean, it's completely just, it, that's what you call trivia. Um, so, yeah. So, so Sam, you want to kind of do a quick rundown of the film?
1: Well, maybe not a rundown, but as we talk about things, it, it'll be helpful for me in terms of, of as it happens. Does sure. that make sense?
0: No, it's fine. So in my starting- show... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, my, my show notes, I write them in order as they happen. Okay,
1: then that, yeah, okay, that, that would work. That so would we, work.
0: we can just kind of scroll down and, and we just kind of go. So we got the opening yeah. action sequence of the movie. You got the opening.
1: Which is, which is also different than any other Bond film, I believe, right, Chad?
2: As far as I'm yes. I mean, you yeah, don't. I mean,
1: don't they usually start off with the gun barrel? Most um, of them? All of them?
2: Not all of them. Uh, most the of Craig's, them do. The Craigs didn't so much. I mean, uh-huh. you have that at the end. Yeah. So they had still had that homage um, to right. the to the original, but um, you, at, at the beginning, the that was kind of a re, it was a really long sequence. It um, was before oh, you wait, had. The, um,
3: go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Which was also
2: <laughs> from take, which was also the exact same scene from Taken Two, but um, nice. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that one, so
0: I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, um, I I will say this I, again. Um, I'm 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 not really thinking about Quantum of Solace because again, I didn't really like that movie at all. But uh, I really liked the intro to Casino Royale when they're doing all that parkour. Um, but I think it's funny that once again, Bond just finds whatever he can to to get the guy you know yep. like in casino royale he freaking drives a bulldozer into a construction site to take this guy out and in this case he drives a backhoe over some <laughs> vw beetles <laughs> to to try to to get this take this guy out so okay
1: and, and can i also say as as someone who's owned a construction company mm-hmm. you, you don't leave the keys in it just just so you know <laughs> we, you, what you what never mean? leave the of, keys in of, heavy machinery of
0: course you do and of course you don't put <laughs> Any kind of other lockout lockout mechanism on machinery on a moving train
1: on a moving train, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I understand that
1: makes it hard for super spies to use, but uh, you know, safety issues, guys. Safety.
0: I, I think maybe it would have been too unbelievable if while he's getting shot, he hot wired the, <laughs> the the backhoe. So well, that's
2: uh, another thing that I wanted to touch on tonight. It was like I know that. I you mean, know, looking back on this is like. Okay, really, on, in a lot of the situations, but I think that because it's James Bond, you're yeah. more inclined to say you're more inclined to give it leeway and saying, yeah. okay, yeah, I can I can buy that because it's James Bond, and yeah. maybe you know, and I think in the Daniel Craig parts, you, uh, you you he did kind of rein in the the. The CGI and the and the special effects and and where it was, it was a little bit more believable, but at the same time, you know he's being shot at yet can fully operate a backhoe. Um, I've never driven one myself, but I assume that they're not that easy to drive.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: There's a learning curve.
2: I figured that there was. I, I'm sure. But like it's I'm, I'm sure,
1: in training.
2: I was exactly going
0: to say that. I'm sure they covered how to drive those <laughs> things in espionage school. Uh, here's your Aston Martin. We're going to teach you how to drive stick and this uh, Caterpillar backhoe and bulldozer. You never know when you'll need them. Yep. <laughs> um, so we do the big Daniel- fight scene. We've got the big action thing going on. And then the guy, the bad guy, pulls out. Um, I, I like, this is going to sound weird, but I like guns. And I like guns in oh, movie, And I yeah. like um, uh, watching that, it, watching interesting guns and, and seeing how they do things. And... Um, when he, first of all, I don't know why, but I can't stand that Walter P. PP, Walter P. 7 I think it's the most girlish looking gun ever. And I don't know why Bond has to use it. I don't know if that's actually that what the Secret Bond Service is? uses. Um... That's it's, what Bond used your, Used back in the '60s. I get that, it's, but English—you just don't have those
1: English sensibilities there, Sean. It's
0: fine. I just think it's a dumb gun, but it doesn't it's matter. It's a gentleman's gun. No, it's not. It's it's
2: little and girly. It's Bond's gun. I mean, that's just I, I what get,
0: it is. I, I get that. All of your points are valid. My issue is that in 1962, they should have given him something better. That's my point. They had better. Just, they had better not, guns. <laughs> I'm not out of money on. on the The one thing on I can think of is because it's small and concealable, easily concealable, that maybe that's why. You're not going to give them a Desert Eagle, obviously. Uh, I just think that it's ridiculous. Anyway, so when the bad guy pulls out that Glock 18 fully automatic oh, with oh, a 100-round barrel, my my first instinct was, that looks really dumb. And... If the point is to put a whole lot of ammunition into the air, which is the point of an automatic weapon, I, it, wouldn't it have been actually more convenient to carry like a like a submachine gun?
1: I think it was a space
0: issue. I mean,
1: what space? that thing let's same think, reason why Bond carries his little gun,
0: right? Know, but it, that, did you see that barrel? The thing was the <laughs> size of a basketball. <laughs> I think it would have been way easier to just have like a nice little MP7 tucked in your on your shoulder holster or something. You still could, have, and then you still could have sprayed a whole bunch of bullets. So I just thought it was, and then yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the the, the gun didn't bother me.
1: The, you know what bothered me in the opening? What's that? His his partner. Mm. I did not believe her to be, spy chick, spy chick yeah. slash driver slash sniper. I, I
2: well, I, just, I think in, I think that was the point though. Like she wasn't. She wasn't ready. She was out of her element. I think that was the whole point of it. So the fact that you couldn't buy it, I think it was actually the point. So like she wasn't like she was she she had really had no business being out there. That's why she took the desk job at the end. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, you're right. And I I, I'm kind of with you there. I had issues with her throughout the entire movie. I, I I thought she was a fine actress, and I'm sure she'll be a good Money penny later at the end. Sorry. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. But yeah. damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't buy her and I got so pissed off. She shoots bond. Okay. That's kind of a part of the big part of the, the movie is, um, and I put that as my first trope, uh, which,
1: and, which by the way was one of the best falling bodies as, as far as natural looking I've, yeah, I've seen. It looked like movie.
0: they just, they literally threw a dummy off of the train or something. Yeah. Um, so she shoots him and then just watches him fall. And my mind thinking, you've got like another 10 shoot seconds. Shoot the bad guy. Of- yeah, shoot the other guy before he gets into that tunnel. Right, you've got like 10 seconds, but uh, eh. but of course it, it goes to the point that she's not ready to be in the field. Uh, otherwise she would have because she's just too busy staring at the bad thing that she did. Um, so Yeah, yeah, yeah oops. Uh, she just shot James Bond, the best agent that the MI6 has, but whatever. Um... So that was my first trope: is making the, someone has to make the tough decision. In movies, there's always that you know, and, and yeah. you know, Mal makes take it in, sh- in Serenity, sh- and um, and Kirk has to do it all the time in Star Trek. You have to make the tough decision. So I don't know if it's a trope, but it's it's a thing that happens in movies a lot. Um, I did write an automatic, uh, really an automatic pistol with a stupid large magazine. Um, I liked it, and then I wrote, "Yeah, let's not shoot the bad guy after you killed Bond." Um, <laughs> And then I also typed, why are these dangerous lists so easy to get a hold of? <laughs> it, it, it seems like in every other espionage movie, they're chasing after some list drive, because it was yeah. on some dude's hard drive while he was at Starbucks getting a coffee.
1: I completely agree. And it's not same. only not only that, but this, this bad guy's apparently this master hacker. Mm-hmm. He he apparently could hack already into uh,
0: into Mi6. A, why Mi6. He, so, why did he need well, a hard he drive? Didn't need a
1: hard drive. Yeah. So that that was a plot point. This this is the second time I've seen it. That was one plot point. I was like, whoa, wait a second. There was there was no need for that opening shot, all, except well, I, to set up the story. Right. Well, I,
3: I could. Uh, I, I'll say this: that if, um, if if somebody really wanted, there are certain things that we don't keep hardwired. Um, to the outside world, they are internal only. So I'm assuming that that list was an, basically an internal list that you have no access to unless uh, you physically get it. That would, that, from my from my standpoint, I'm thinking to myself because I thought the same thing. I was like, this but wouldn't that have been at Mi6
1: and not at this, this
3: weird right?" Country?
0: That's the thing. It's like, why is it in, why is it in third world country, stand Getting with only <laughs> two people there guarding it. and like was the whole point of it to be bait to to get this guy to try to steal it because bond was there and other chick was there so it's like they knew this thing was gonna happen it just seems like a really weak reason to start this movie rolling to me
3: just if you look at a couple other scenes you watch the person commit the crime like you bond doesn't stop (laughs) yeah that guy killed the guy i was like he's he's gonna stop him oh no he's not (laughs)
0: He's like, well, I guess that guy had it coming, so yeah. whatever. Um, that that actually, so 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 Bond, quote unquote, dies. Then the movie goes on, and this bad guy comes and hacks into MI6 and uh, blows up a building, blows yep. up the headquarters mostly. Um, um, and so Bond comes out of retirement after having sex with this pretty girl down in whatever country he's in. Um, Kurdistan, uh, Turkistan. <laughs> um, I did, I did, uh, movies do this all the time. The TV is on and we don't hear it until we need to hear it. And that's kind of a trope. You know, the TV has been on the whole time, but it's not until they talk about the, the blast. The where, Wolf, where Wolf Blitzer actually speaks up loud enough for him to hear it. That happens all the time in movies. That's that convenient factor, you know? Um, one of the the, the like the 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 audible reveal that should be audible the entire time, but you don't hear it until you need to hear it. One of and my doesn't
1: that doesn't it also bring up another trope, where the hero has to hear something from home in order to bring him back.
0: Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah. Something has to t- hurt home before he comes back. The the other, the trope I was going to use the example of the the hearing trope. My favorite one is in Jurassic Park, where he walks up and sees the big dinosaur. And he doesn't hear the three hundred other dinosaurs a hundred and fifty yards away. And then at the end of the movie, when the they're t-rex. being the T Rex gets through the double doors, <laughs> uh-huh. past the turnstile and into the room and no one hears it until it eats the thing. Yeah.
1: Or feels it. You know, don't forget Jurassic Park. You know, right,
0: yeah, was- we we've established early on in this movie that they walk and water shakes, but whatever. Yeah,
1: you can feel them coming.
0: But it's a cool ending the way it is, so I can't deny uh, Spielberg for doing what he did. Um
1: I know. What a genius. Uh
0: yeah. He did do War of the Worlds. Yeah, 6 out of 10. Yeah, he did do War of the Worlds and that movie was dreadful. So, yeah, Well, saying. he did
1: that to get his Munich.
0: He did, exactly. Uh, he exactly did that. So, anyway, and he screwed up ET, so come on. Um, <laughs> but didn't he go back and fix it? Yeah, he, he did. He's allowing
1: people to see it how it used to be unlike another Director that will not let us have, but he still was
0: responsible for Star Wars. For no, for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Spielberg did that. Okay, uh. let's just <laughs> let's just remember that that happened because of Spielberg and George Lucas getting together and say let's make a really shitty film. I know. Well, how don't, can we
1: don't ma- forget, Spielberg <laughs> <has> <laughs> also come out and said that it is a crappy film?
0: Oh yeah, how can we make this work? We'll make we'll, we'll stick him in a refrigerator <laughs> and nuke him. That sounds like a great idea. Anyway. So, uh, so Bond wow. so, we get <laughs> That's fine. So Bond comes back and he he's he's ready to kick his ass, but he's um the the overlying theme of this movie and it's also a trope and I called it the I'm getting too old for this shit trope. I'm getting too old for this Riggs! Yeah. Riggs! Riggs! getting too old for this. Um that's the theme of the whole movie is that You know, he comes back, and he's too old, and he can't do it, and he has to pass his physical, and he doesn't, and M is too old, and she's antiquated equipment, and, um... Well, uh, I didn't get that he
1: was too old. I just got that he was away from it for too long. Well, no, because
0: even... Oh, no, he was
2: way too old. Ralph
0: Fiennes freaking tells him to his face that he's too old. Why don't you go retire? You're too old for this.
2: It's a young man's
0: game. It's a young man's game. Yeah. Yeah, he literally says that to his face. Um... And I guess I was
1: too busy looking at Ralph Fiennes
0: and saying, "Why doesn't he look like a giant snake?" Um, <laughs> He's very fine. No. So how fine? Yeah, yeah, we got you Stop. So, <laughs> um, so, and that, but that's not a bad trope. I mean, it's a good trope. There are a lot of good movies that are actually, in fact, the best Star Trek movie is is kind of has that underlying theme that that space travel is for hopping galaxies is for the young. Kirk says that, and Kirk in the movie talks about how he feels old and. And then at the on, at the end of it, you know, he says, "I feel young again," and whatever. So, um, and that's that's a and that's a good theme to have, I think, in the movie. Is that Bond is old, and this these they, they use they they hang on to these old ideas that espionage is a dude in a tuxedo having sex with women, finding things out, you know, and um, and Ralph finds at the end of the movie embraces that and says, "You know, yeah. you know." At the end, he says, "You're ready to get back to work," and the Bond has that great line with with pleasure. So. Um, I know I, I skipped ahead to the very end. So, uh, so anyway, I, I, that, those are, the, those tropes are, are okay. Um, so going back to rundown of the movie, um, uh, he 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 gets back up and he's going through uh, the training or whatever, and he meets up with the girl who shot him, and he's completely okay with the fact that she shot him, and then they have these this witty banter back and forth. Did anybody else think that was weird, or is that just just not weird? until you get to the end where you realize it's Money
2: Penny,
1: right? Because but in the moment you I remember don't know right, that. And Chad, back me up. They always have this witty banter.
2: Yeah, uh, Money Penny and Bond. Oh, there's always this. There, there was always this like uns uh, or this un or this felt uh, sexual tension between them. But there was always this. Hey, what are you doing later? Like, well, it ain't gonna be you. Ha ha. ha kind of thing going on right but i um, kind of
3: wish that would have happened that would have been great right yeah
2: <laughs> and you're right and they do a good
0: job in the movie of creating that kind of sexual tension later on where she's straddling him and, and shaving his face and um and they use a lot of those kind of lines with well you sure do look nice well it sure helps you have an extra set of hands you know like they have that that's why i meant there's a lot of bad jokes in this movie many between those <laughs> two uh um so but it didn't really bother me it just in the moment i thought you're really, oh. you're really quick to forgive. Maybe he, but he knows it's part of the job, and she was just yeah. following orders. So uh, maybe that's just my issue. Um, I, I did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just one second. We had a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, everyone. Oh, we had a montage. Yes, we, we had the, we had, had several
1: montages we, in this
0: film. We had two great montages. Um, yes. We had the the training "Let's Get Back on Our Feet" montage, and then the "Home Alone of Death" montage at the end. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes, the the training
1: montage. I actually thought they did a, a good job with that one because they were they did a lot of exposition in that montage.
0: Oh, it was great! It was actually one of the best montages ever because yeah. we're literally getting plot points while he's going, and then at the, you know. It wasn't to call it a montage is kind of unfair. It's more just like a bunch of cutscenes. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted an excuse to play the A team theme. <laughs> um, but the end was legit in a montage, so we'll, we'll at least give the end one. Um, so, uh, so yeah, montage. Uh, I did like the new Q branch guy, who uh, they make the joke about the exploding pen. So there's your homage to like Goldeneye. Um, <laughs> but I also wrote the trope down that nerds look like nerds. You know, I just, he couldn't have looked more like a nerd. I mean, if they were going to do a, a new version of Sherlock Holmes, I would have cast him instead of Benedict Cumberbatch. Like he looked like Holmes. I just thought that was, which by the way, that show is freaking awesome. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just talk about that later. Anyway, I've watched the first episode. <laughs> and and I, lo- nice. I love that show so much. Anyway, uh, so exploding Pin is fun. Um, I, I, the elevator scene, the movie the ele- movie Bond is has flown to Shanghai to, to find the the guy who got away on the train at the beginning of the movie yep. who who has stolen the hard drive from the easiest computer to steal a hard drive from ever. The knock list. The, He got the knock list. I, knock I immediately list. thought of the knock list from, in my, from uh, Mission <laughs> Impossible. And I thought, why isn't that hard drive in the big room with the guy and, and Tom Cruise come down? Like, why isn't it there? Yeah. So, oh, because
2: that's the... Uh... Uh that's the CIA. We're talking about MI6. Oh, how
0: about this for weird? <laughs> how about this well, for weird? Hold on, hold on. Let's 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 we're gonna we're gonna get there. In in Mission Impossible, a French guy steals the the other knock list. Because remember there's two discs, right? There was mm-hmm. the fake one and then the real one. And he kills a guy and takes the fake one. And in this movie, a French guy takes the list also. <laughs> Mind blown. What were you gonna say, Corny?
3: I was gonna say um
0: well it's always the why French
3: their tech security is so bad is because freaking Q takes a laptop from a guy who has hacked them once and plugs it directly into their network.
0: Yeah, that was real dumb. Yeah, (laughs) I I think even the four of us when we watched it in the theater went, no, don't do that. that." (laughs) That's
3: the worst idea you could have. Like Your tech genius is like, hey, don't worry about those guys. I'll plug it in our network. We've had people before where I work um, come to to the college with a, a virus and they're like, Hey, uh, I have a virus, and the first thing we do is turn it off because we don't want it to to hop on our network and start jumping on the computers. Right? And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why would you? Okay, but anyway,
0: no, right? It, it, it's a, it's a very valid point. It just kind of seems like if you're gonna try to analyze this guy's computer, then do it on a computer that's completely isolated. You know? So if this thing yeah, jumps, on jumps onto network. your computer, you go, okay, I just lost that computer. Fine. And then now I know that he has this. I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, It gets into a trope that pisses me off, just to no end. Uh, So he chases down the guy that goes to Shanghai, and I can't remember how they knew to go there, but they just did. And Bond has to go up the elevator, and it's one of those open elevators, and he grabs a hold of the bottom of the elevator, and he's like a thousand stories in the air, and that makes me uncomfortable because I'm extremely scared of heights, and that whole scene makes me uncomfortable.
1: It, 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 where you know he's got a shoulder problem and, and has a hard time holding up you know yeah holding himself up yeah
0: yeah, exactly it just it makes me, it, it's a good it's a good direction when he, when I'm uncomfortable because it's believable, yeah. um but all I can think of is there are way better ways to get up to that top floor without the other guy knowing well he didn't know where he was going though fine, then you get into the other elevator and you hit the top floor, and then when the guy stops. You go to the floor above him or below him, and then were he... there two elevators? It was one next I, I... to it. A building that big's only going to have one. Maybe, maybe the only one that's open that no. night. Anyway, they do things weird in, in Turkat Turkistan. It was China. <laughs> that, well, think about,
1: way. This, <laughs> think about <it> this way:
3: <laughs> if, you know, if that guy's as good as he's supposed to be, the sniper, uh, you're going to hear a second elevator ding, like you're just going to hear it. That's but what's... you're
0: also
1: going to feel a weight tack on to your elevator as you're going up. It's going um, to go roo, 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 he, all of a sudden. Not um, see, I mean,
0: maybe, not, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, yeah. James Bond probably know. weighs 230. I mean, I, I doubt that the elevator even, bre- you know, cared that an extra 230 pounds jumped on it. My my issue is, like, let's pick the most dangerous way to do a thing <laughs> and to remind the audience that Bond has a, has been shot in the shoulder. Which, by the way, how badass was he to pull that bullet out with a oh, freaking pocket knife? Um. What?
3: Actually, I, I wrote a, one of my notes was that uh, this bond has a death wish. He, it's just like he could he, he could have not held onto the uh, uh, the elevator. He could have actually asked one of their surgeons to pull it out. And
0: right. I think yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He trained doctor person with antibiotics and sterile equipment. <laughs> do this thing that I'm instead going to do with the knife I pulled out of my pocket. Anyway, he's he's so awesome that germs just can't. Be, well, be bothered this, to be affected. Him. This
1: comes up on another scene, and a scene I still have questions about. Why was the sniper sniping this guy?
0: Uh, he was well, paid to do it. Yes, but, but was that it? Yeah, he was yeah, just. It was just, he, a, it was just a job. He was just a job. He okay, was being paid. And so, and so the, the woman
1: who was across the way that sees Bond mm-hmm. you know, before the, the shadow goes over him, she was over there with the guy that got shot, but somehow had the connection.
0: Yeah, she I, just, was,
1: I, I don't see the, the, the tying together of she, the story. She
0: right? worked for the triads, and also she was brought into the sex trade by the triads. So she's trapped by then. Javier Bardem's character kind of comes in and kind of, quote, unquote, rescues her from this thing. But she's stuck to him now. So yeah. my assumption is that um, Javier, for some reason, they needed this guy dead, whether he was a triad leader or something. They needed him dead for some reason. We don't know why it doesn't matter. Okay, but there and,
1: is no reason given in the movie for this guy to die.
0: No, it's no. just okay. he's, a, he's a dude that, for some reason in this movie, needs to die, and she's the one that facilitates yeah. the, the,
1: it's, the... The only reason is to set up some um, absolutely amazing cinematography in this fight scene. Which was great. That was amazing. I thought it was I, really was cool. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous.
0: But here comes your goof. That gun he's using is a bolt-action rifle, and it shoots off like seven times while they're just fighting. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> Unless during the fight, someone is actively pocking the bolt action. That shouldn't have shot randomly the times that it did. Just saying. Sorry. Yeah. I know I'm the gun dude. Whatever. So, but I did write, cool silhouette fight. Uh, oh, yeah. So then he gets the chip, and he knows instantly which casino it is, of course. Um, and then I wrote, boat, to, boat ride to casino. What if there's a fire? <laughs> Like, do you jump in the water? Which apparently has man-eating dragons in them. What no, the hell? that's just
1: in the basement of this building. That
0: seems ridiculous. Like, what if you're just a drunk dude and you fall in? Oh, there goes Steve. because he's toast.
1: Like, yeah. Bye, Steve. It's, Steve. it's the same reason why tough guys seem to always want to have pit bulls. I think it's that same idea of, <laughs> I am tough, I'm a big, you know, uh, I have... Something like t- I have uh, dragons that will eat people because right. I am that
0: tough. I guess, but here is my issue: is that that's just a normal. It's just a casino that just. Well, I guess it's a triad casino. We don't we don't yeah. know who runs it. It's just a casino, but I just still thought it was. I did laugh. I mean, uh, I, I literally wrote, "Who has giant man-eating lizards in their casino?" And, um, so. Uh, and we have I to remember
1: this is a bottom fill.
0: I get that. <laughs> Sharks
1: with freaking
3: lasers on their hands. So.
0: <laughs> and I did kind of feel bad. Q gave him that cool gun that will only fire on him, and he only got to he didn't get to use it ever. <laughs> those yeah. guns exist, by the way. I know they do. Have you seen the new ones that just came out? I can't remember who makes them, but there's there's new ones that are going to be coming out and sold in California that you wear. A, you have a bracelet that you oh, buy, wow. and then the oh, yeah, guy saw those. So it as long, um. As long as the gun is, um, is within, within like six inches of that bracelet, it will activate. But if it's not – like someone can't steal your gun and use it. They can steal your gun and it will be a paperweight. This thing is kind of cool. Anyway, um, the day that, that we live in the world of the future. Um, I, wrote, <laughs> anyway. I wrote, that old city looks like a map from Modern Warfare um, <laughs> 3. That, Did that anyone get the urge to go there and play paintball? No, just me. Yeah, okay.
2: Kind of did.
0: Yeah, I, I immediately thought, "Hey, that would be a cool place to play paintball." You're on an <laughs> island. I mean, this just screams. This just screams. You know, Black Ops Two or something. So,
1: yeah. By the way, that is a real island off of Japan. If yep. anybody has looked that up.
0: Yeah, and it's been um, abandoned since the 70s.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't because of a radiation scare. It was because they ran out of whatever they were
0: mining. Yeah, yeah. The, the place just went dry. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, I'm glad you read the trivia that I, I also read. Um, <laughs> well actually, no,
1: I, I saw a special on it somewhere, oh, maybe cool. History Channel. I'm a dork like that, yeah, nerd.
0: Sure. <laughs> uh, I wrote that the rat story in the scene is cool. So he goes to he he he's in the casino. Bond he he meets the, the pretty dragon lady who kills the guy. Um, she basically tells him that my bodyguards are going to kill you. So if you survive, then come on my boat, and then we'll have sex. And then I'll go meet. Then you can go meet the bad guy. <laughs> Who you have to kill though, because he's a scary man, uh, and and bad guys are always so scary that just the mentioning of their name just makes people freak out. You know, like Voldemort. Yeah, you know, and they just they freak out. So, um, so he does all those things in that order. You know, kills the guy, dragon eats the guy, and then then he goes Palms on the, the boat and he has sex with the girl who we've already established was sold into the sex trade. Sex yep. trade. So you kind of feel bad for her, like. Like did, did Bond like rape her? Like it's kind of weird, isn't it? You know, he just kind of yeah, walks and, in their and, shower and just
1: whatever. I, you know, I do that. You know, if I, if I walk into the room with my wife, she screams at me to go away.
0: Right. So, so you know,
1: <laughs> a complete stranger, I can only assume it would be a worse situation.
3: But I bet you, Bond but walked it's in bond. the room. Bond, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, that's different. I'm sure um, he sh- she. Uh, he he shows up and she's like, "Oh well, I, I figure it's time to do this." And he's like, "I'm Bond. Of course it is." Yeah, I mean that's the way I see it.
2: That's another thing about in Bond films. It's it's kind of an homage to. There's always the other girl. There's the love interest, and then there's the other girl. And Bond will have sex with the other girl, and the other girl will die. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably from
3: all the Spoiler. diseases Bond is uh, <laughs> covered over the years.
2: No, it's usually just like a bullet bullet to the head, or
1: or a gold yeah. finger. True. Where <laughs> well, she's covered in oh. gold. Was that? Was that the yeah, one? that was one. And wasn't it Quantum Solace She was covered in oil or something.
0: Wait, Gold Goldfinger or Gold? Yeah, okay, Goldfinger. Yeah, sorry. You Gold said finger. I was thinking Goldeneye. I'm like, no one died by that in Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, and in, in, in uh, Quantum of Solace they buried her. And they they drowned her in oil. Yeah. Um, which was a shame because she was pretty. So, so then they, so they get to this island and Javier Bardem does, tells this really creepy story about rats and. Um, While he 's molesting Bond, which was yeah, it was not un- as awkward as it gets, yeah, but I just thought that it was so interesting and clever because you know Bond has his his junk just beat to hell in Casino Royale by dude what bleeds tears or tears uh, sheds blood, whatever um, i can 't think of what I 'm trying to say, and in this case he 's getting you know fondled by the guy, and of course Bond 's like, "Who says this is my first time?" Yeah. So I just thought it was pretty, pretty funny. Um, uh, I did. Then I wrote, good timing on the rescue. Um, you know, <laughs> it always ends up like that. Right. And, and for all intents and purposes, Bond didn't need to kill those henchmen. All he had to do was wait another 30 seconds, and then the helicopters show up, and the guys drop their guns. But no, that wouldn't have been as cool, and the impact wouldn't have been, so you're going to take them back to London all by yourself? Who says I'm by myself? And then the helicopter show up,
3: and then he wouldn't have gotten to say uh, that was a terrible waste of scotch. And then he does, the,
0: yeah, he and, up one. yeah. And then we also get to set up the line for it's radio, it's new technology, which Javier Bardem uses later on, and in a really awkward scene. So, so, so then I said, <laughs> so then I got to. They get back to the Q branch, and this is what we were talking about a few minutes ago with the um, the CG, the bad um, hacker crap. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hate when movies think of us that we are us as the viewer. That we are so dumb that we just assume that that's what hacker stuff looks like. Stuff floating around in space and three dimensional, and it it looks like a giant spider web. Shit doesn't look like that, okay? I mean, corny, right?
3: No, uh, in all honesty, a lot of hacking is. Uh, um, there's this. You find a weakness. Uh, usually, if you're trying to hack a website, you find a weakness in the code that they use for the website, and then you just basically try to make it break until you can gain access. It's it's not. But it's all, a bunch of crap. But, but it's literally. It's,
0: but it's usually like it's HTML based or it's um it, it's it, you're literally typing things that you actually physically see what you're typing. You're yes. You're literally seeing words and and things on a screen. You're not seeing nerd type into a computer and you don't see anything he's typing you see nothing that he's typing he's just whittling away on those keys and nothing's happening except this three-dimensional ball and bond the dumb jock trigger pulling guy just (laughs) happens to see a word off to the side that is created in these numbers that a ninth grader could have picked out um He's like, Oh look, Grahamborough, it's the name of a subway. And then the whole thing morphs into a giant map. I just that stuff pisses me off so much. The most egregious ever is in Swordfish. If you've ever seen that movie, watching Hugh Jackman type in a thousand words a minute, and all you see is these really bad CGI cubes form around a sphere. That that's literally happening in the movie. It's the worst ever. And and he's typing and things are like disappearing like what? It's like he's fighting something. It's the worst. Anyway,
3: that's. The... I will say that, or I will say this: if that were to exist, where shapes were formed by hackers, uh, there would just be nothing but uh, fallacies. I mean, let's, let's, let's just go ahead and throw it out there. If someone <laughs> has something for you to to reshape, it will be just a giant thing sure. floating in, in space. Uh, let's just be honest with
0: <laughs> sure. So anyway, so so then, um, so then we get in this really cool chase scene. <laughs> Um, because you know nerd plugged in the computer, and uh, bad things happened, and then the whole the, basically the next thirty minutes, and the guy says this this he 's been calculating he 's been planning this escape for years, okay this is where I lose a little bit of the bondness i don 't care about the fact that it 's bond and he 's a bond villain and and bond villains apparently are omniscient. he knew years ago that M was going to be dragged in front of the the Senate committee, whatever the hell they are. At on that, that certain day. On yeah. that day in that building. And his henchman knew that he was going to go yeah. out of that grate at that time to do the cool walk-by with the cop, codes, cop clothes. Really? At that moment. That happens. And then he ends up changing his route because again we don't he doesn't know where m is until like she doesn't even know she's going there until the day of because tanner walks in and says we've been thrown in front of these people and she's leaving that day to go over there and he knows to escape and to plant the bomb years in advance to make that subway that's conveniently empty of people crash through and almost kill bond just it was a cool scene, but there's way easier ways to kill James Bond than almost dropping a subway train on him. So the scene was cool, but it was real dumb. And that was the only part of the movie. Even Home Alone Death House I buy better than this series of convenient events.
3: Well, I'll say this, because we've been talking about uh, the, you know, the the Batman and the Grittier and all, all that. But I'm going to... My thought process is, with the Joker, and, well, I know this is not the same area, but with the Joker, he had basically the same thing. For him to do everything that he did in that movie, it had to be planned down to yeah. military-type precision. And I can kind of get away with the, he's so smart that he's timed out everything, mm-hmm. or that he's so smart that he's predicted these sub events. And I I know it's still weird, but I can it's easier for me to believe because of uh, the movie with the Joker and the same thing happening. You can go, "Ah, I can buy that. If these guys are that smart." Yeah.
1: Here, and, but, but, you know, but here... I and I am I'm, I'm actually with you here, uh, Sean, cuz uh, Okay, good. When I, the first time I saw <laughs> the first time I saw the movie, I bought it hook line and sinker. Right. Didn't even think twice. The second time this time, I'm like, I actually wrote a note, too, of, wow, wasn't that convenient. <laughs> um, especially when it came, like, I could understand how he escapes. You know, he had that plan. Fine, sir. yeah. But to have the explosion in the, in the subway tunnel right behind Bond, you know, 30 seconds before a train would come? No, like am sorry, he, I can't.
0: He knew that Bond wouldn't actually hit him on the ladder. And yeah. he knew to wait to that exact. He didn't even look at a watch. He just yeah. hit his radio and knew that it was going to happen in that moment. Yeah. I would have been. I would have bought it better had he like he's walking up the ladder and Bond's chasing after him, and he put a bouncing Betty on the floor, or some some kind of grenade <laughs> or something that Bond has to disarm or some. He's talking to Q on the. You know, All right, I got a my foot's on a bomb. What do I do? Take a picture of it. Click. And then he has to walk him there. How to dismantle it or something? Like I would have bought yeah. that more than train on the to the face. So yeah. anyway, um,
1: <laughs> train to the face.
0: <laughs> I mean, I literally, I, I actually wrote that. So um, and then, then we get to the, the So we he, they we're actually getting pretty long here. So I'm going to try to sum this up. Yeah. So basically, he uh, bad guys come in. They they try to kill him. Of course, it doesn't work. And so then they take her to his chateau de old house. Uh, where a guy from uh, Big Fish is there. And, um, <laughs> and oh, one of those great movies that um, we never talk about. It's a good movie. Uh, it's, it's a Tim Burton thing, it's isn't it? Father, I like son. it. It's yeah. a good movie. Um, of course you would. It's got uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in it, the young one. Anyway, um, so I wrote How Home Alone Should Have Ended. Uh, in my notes. <laughs> uh, I like the montage i like I like the house of death and that he blows it up in the end to sh- to kill the helicopter and then I wrote my last note is not the car with a bunch of exclamation points, yeah, <laughs> I got really sad when they destroyed that really yeah, beautiful you knew car. the car was going was um, go. uh tropes i wrote uh, see I'm getting too too old for this shit we've got this of course, we have to have a sexy shower. Ah, sexy shower scene uh nerd guys look like nerds and montage so So there you go. So, yeah. I was
1: actually, I was, I was fairly um, not impressed, but it surprised me that they turned it into a big tower defense game at the end.
0: Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't expect that at all because it's never really been done in a Bond film. Um, And I love that, by the way. I love movies that that deal with that.
1: And I, I thought for a while that, you know, we always do our top three. I thought that's what our top three was going to be about.
0: Those are our Uh, our favorite tower defense movies.
1: Tower defense movies. I wouldn't
0: have have thought of that. Maybe later, but um, Uh, I, you
1: know, and you know, every time they show a little device that they're making, you know, you're going to get to see it in action later on down the road, and that happens in every one of those types of movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was a good montage. I just, I love the fact that that there's no spoken word about it. It's just like they're coming. So these are the things we're going to do. And they just go off and they create their own things. And uh, I just think that, I, li- I like the fact that Judy Dench's contraptions were like the most deadly. I mean, shotgun shells hooked up to light bulbs with bags of nails? Are you freaking kidding skirts. me? Yeah. Like, that's the worst thing ever. So, <laughs> um, so good job creating the chandelier of death. Um, and then, of course, then we have the scene at the end where he, they run through the marsh and... Um, they have the underwater scene, which, by the way, all four of us have played musical instruments, and we both—we all know kind of what our our air intake is. You know, the the average human can do about two minutes of holding their breath. I think maybe the four—and that's others, with activity. Well, that's without activity. That's, what's that's just without activity. Yeah, just standing yeah. here. I mean, I could probably go two and a half, maybe. Bon is underwater like what four minutes while fighting to the point that he kills a guy. Goes to the surface, realizes choke he doesn't hold. see...
1: He gives him a chokehold underwater.
0: Yeah. Then he, he, <laughs> he goes to the surface, can't find the hole, goes back down to the bottom, finds the flare gun, and that's when we get this, this funny little noise. Now, I want you to listen carefully. Um, hopefully, hopefully, this will translate pretty good to, to the podcast. So, we've got this noise. You guys hear that? Okay... Uh, Listen to this little noise and tell me if it sounds like Star Trek stuff to you or not. That little noise there, you guys hear that? No. No. You're not hearing the, the, the music I'm playing? I hear the music. This is, it's this little, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, just this. I'm gonna play it one more time. If you don't get it, then I'm gonna move on. Anyway, it, he's launching the flare. And to me it's the sound effects that they use when they're firing torpedoes in Star Trek. I heard it.
2: Oh that but...
0: I did, I <laughs> okay, heard it. I get it.
2: it now. Yeah. So
0: Um anyway, I I heard that and I I laughed out loud in my office watching it today at work and I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> they freaking stole Star Wars stuff, Star Trek stuff. Anyway, um so there you go. Oh, there was one last thing I wanted to say before we get into our our deals. Oh no never mind, that's something else. Sorry. We'll get there in a second. Uh, so great. Well, so I think I think we're all kind of in agreement that we we generally like this movie. Uh, yeah. It's a good movie. You should definitely watch it if you aren't a big Bond fan, but you kind of want to. You like action flicks? Go watch Casino Royale, and then you have to watch Quantum of Solace because it's a direct sequel, and then watch this one, because um, they're all generally pretty good movies. So, with that being said, this part of the episode we kind of tie everything up in a nice little bow, and I ask you guys to to give me. Uh, a best of ten, one out of ten, what you would have given this movie. So, uh, Chad, how many man eating lizards would you give this film?
2: <laughs> um, I might have to give this an eight an, a solid eight out of eight out of ten man eating lizards. Uh James Bond holds a, a very uh, special near and dear place in my heart. Um just I grew up with it and um just uh, Grew up with James with uh, watching James Bond and uh, the Sean Connery and the Roger Moore, and the, right,
0: uh,
2: so I, you I, bonded I, with them. I, I did uh. bond
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I knew there was something missing yeah. from our podcast tonight.
3: Yeah, we
0: haven't had many. As I was expecting way more Bond-type jokes than that. And no shaking.
3: I, I didn't even do a Connery. Sh-
0: yeah. Shaken and stirred. Oh, how about that trivia? Sam, did you see that trivia? That they actually, for the old man McGillicuddy at the house, they wanted to get Sean Connery to play that role.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. But then
0: they thought what, it would be too I, weird to have Bond. Yeah, uh, they,
1: they, they, I'm glad they didn't.
3: Yeah, I am too. Oh, uh, I was going to say, um, I, know, I know we're getting towards the end there, but I had a... Uh, Pretty interesting thought. I'm just going to throw it out there, and we'll, we'll move on. But um, let's just – okay. well, actually, you know what? We'll talk about this actually not here. We'll do this at a, a, with ourselves later. Uh-oh, I think it'll be <laughs> – sorry. It, we're already getting towards the end of this. This will stretch it out, I think, a little bit longer. So okay. We'll.
0: That's fine because we still have another but, bit to go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Sam, how many destroyed Volkswagen Beetles would you give this?
1: <laughs> actually, how about if I give you eight buckets of extremely clear marsh water? Okay, <laughs> out of eight,
0: is that what <laughs> you wrote? Ten. Yeah, <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. Eight buckets of extremely so clear eight.
0: water. So and so, Corny, uh, are we going to go for the hat trick? How many exploding light bulbs would you give this?
3: I, I, yeah, a solid eight. Um, I, no, I would. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would. I would give it more, but there wasn't actually weren't enough explosions for my liking to give it anything there. <laughs>
0: Sure. Okay. And I'd probably give it, a, I, I didn't write anything for myself. So um, uh, I would probably give it, you know, seven. How many uh, little girly
3: guns do you give it?
0: Yeah, seven Walter PP7, your little girly guns. I'd probably give it a seven, seven and a half. I like the film. The computer crap pisses me off too much to really give it an eight. Um, I'll, one last thing, real quick. There are certain actors who, when they run, they look really awesome. <laughs> when Tom Cruise I'm... runs. <laughs> He looks badass. <laughs> Mission Impossible 3, he runs for half the movie. He looks freaking awesome. Daniel Craig looks it like does. a dork when yeah, he runs. Yeah, he does
1: not run very well.
0: It's really weird. <laughs> uh, when he's running on the ice in the marsh, he looks real awkward, and he's running in the street to get to Elm. He looks... Yeah,
1: that's one thing. I, I was. I, he's running on ice, and he is stomping his feet on yeah. ice <laughs> that is breaking.
0: Yeah, he, has, he's, he doesn't you know, have...
1: There is no delicate, yeah. delicate...
0: Run to that at all? Yeah, he is top, top, tom tom, yeah, tom tom. he's, he's about as, uh, as as subtle as a jackhammer. So, um, so there we go. So, so that's 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 casino uh, casino royale. Uh, I wish that's that's skyfall. Um, so there you go. So we all we all generally liked it. So at this point of the episode, we usually give you a top three, um, and we usually try to take it from some kind of theme from the movie. However, we've had uh in today's the, the news when we record this film. Or this podcast, uh, we are a few days away from uh, the death of Harold Ramis, uh, who was most notably from movies like Ghostbusters and Stripes. From our childhood, and, uh, basically, uh, yeah, from from four of us specifically from the '80s um, in our childhood. And it was he was only sixty nine years old. He would had some health issues, and it was um it's just a real sad thing to to, to, to for his passing because he was. He was still doing stuff, and he was supposed to be in Ghostbusters 3, which has had all kinds of horrific uh, delays. I mean, Bill Murray walked off set, and um, so there's just been a lot of uh, – but anyway, so so I decided to do your top three Harold Ramis films. Uh, I asked the guys to, to do that, and um, whether it was the directing or writing or producing or acting, I didn't care. Just, just your top three. Now I got a good feeling that we're all probably going to say Ghostbusters is in our top three, right? Yes, yes, yeah, okay. Which okay, is so we can throw that one out. Yeah. Um, I also have. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. I also have Groundhog Day in my top three. Yeah, like, that was my top
1: movie. Believe it or
0: not, mine too.
1: It is abs- absolute classic. You can watch that thing over and over and over again. Just 20 like years <laughs> now. From now, you'll still know what Groundhog Day is. Yeah. Uh, I
2: watched it over and over again. Chad. I, got, I saw what you did. Right <laughs> Chad, uh, do you have that one in there? Groundhog was also Groundhog Day was also in mine, and, um, but uh, I also had Stripes. Yeah,
1: Stripes. Okay. Uh, you know that is one of my Hall of uh, Hall of Shame movies. I've never seen. I've
0: only seen like half of it. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Corny. What about you? You have anything different than Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day? Caddyshack. Caddyshack is it's, a good one. Caddyshack is and, a good one. Uh, I, I didn't know this until
3: today. But uh, analyze this. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that.
1: That's, that's a pretty good,
0: that's funny. That's I, good... I put, just because I knew you guys were going to do Stripes and posters and Groundhog Day, I did, uh, I, I put Bedazzled because he directed it. It's a dumb movie, but I really like it because it's got that really hot girl in it, and I like Brendan Fraser. Um, I
1: did, I, I've got an additional one that, that I didn't realize he had anything to do with until it started making more sense. What's that? Animal House.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. He was a writer on that, wasn't he? He wrote. Yeah, he wrote yeah. Animal House. He helped write it. Um, Cor- only corny will find this funny. Um, he, I don't. I, I, I won't. I had. A, you won't. I had. A, <laughs> I had an honorable mention for for Harold Ramis. Um, this movie is a movie from my youth. It is a terrible movie. It makes me laugh. It stars a very young first role ever, Molly Ringwald, and it has um, uh, Ernie Hudson. From Yeah, Ernie Hudson is in it also. And Michael Ironsides. It is Space Hunter, The Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. (laughs) He was the voice of the computer. Harold Ramis was the voice of the computer. He had like three lines. And of course, as soon as I saw that, I had to laugh. I know none of y'all have seen it. It's not streaming. This movie is sci-fi gold. I mean... Uh, it's not quite Star Crash good, but man, <laughs> and I used to watch this movie a lot. I don't know why. It was just I had it on VHS, and I watched the crap out of it. It's a terrible film, but it it makes me happy. So um, rest in peace, Harold Ramis. Um We really enjoyed your films and sense of humor, and sense of humor, and mm-hmm. and, and thank you for uh, you know for all that you you did for us. Um, and on a on a very personal thing, I'm going to just take a moment. A, a good friend of mine passed away this past weekend, also, who was also in the film industry. His name was Eric Holloway, and he 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 had done. Um, he was basically my mentor, and he got me into the film industry, and and actually, you know, taught me how to act on set and how not to act on set, and um, a lot of the ins and the outs of of the film industry. And, and he he died really young, and uh, it was it was a real sad thing. And, um, so I just want to take just just want to take those few seconds to, to just kind of to give t- some love to him and his family and and no one that that, that really knows him probably listens to this podcast and that's fine but I, I just wanted to to say a few things about my friend Eric Holloway so you will be missed also um uh so yeah so so now we're I'm just do the, the the normal clothing stuff okay you guys have anything else you want to talk about with uh, Skyfall. I think we're good. I enjoyed good.
2: it. I hope the next one's just as good. Good. Well, yeah. Um, what are we watching next?
0: Yeah. What are we doing next, Corny?
2: We are crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm oh, by the way, sad. I'm glad.
1: I'm glad we broke the tradition of horrible, horrible movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Last week was painful. I don't want to do that again. While Corny's doing that, hey Chad, what are you watching nowadays? Um,
2: I'm actually i have not really watched anything recently. <laughs> uh pretty much the Olympics now that the Olympics is over. Um get back into our uh, regularly scheduled programming uh finishing up how I met your mother. Sure. Uh with that finishing up the series there. Um that's about then. And, and uh getting into season 3 of Doctor Who. Sam.
1: Uh kind of the same thing. Mm. Um what's the Olympics? Thank God they're over. I mean they they're done. Um, so the TV is being freed up for other shows, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Um, and I haven't really had time, unfortunately,
0: to... I, uh, as I teased earlier, I started watching Sherlock on Netflix, and I, I've only watched the first episode, and I absolutely freaking loved it. So, um, Corny, you ready? Yes. All right, so what are we watching next? Next week, we'll be watching Clue. Oh, nice. Yes! Oh, oh man. <laughs> yes. This is, this, I love this movie. This movie was put on this list just to piss off Sam. So I just want oh, to. jeez. Uh, we, we say
3: this because in the list itself, it says, actually says just to piss off Sam.
0: Uh, literally. Yeah, yeah, hey, lovely. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? We have email.
1: <gasps> Whoa! Oh, God.
0: We have I'm an scared. E- we have an email. So uh, this is from Alan. Uh hey guys, love the podcast. I enjoy the banter between you guys and have actually used the podcast to make choices as to what I will watch. I really enjoyed Olympus Has Fallen. 13 Assassins was well not my cup of tea. I would love <laughs> I would love to hear a review of my all-time favorite film, Ghostbusters. I oh, do like the idea of a knee jerk reaction. Uh, podcast of a movie in theaters The Lego review makes me want to go see it now Keep up the good work I think you guys are starting to hit your stride Very entertaining Alan uh, all right. Alan, in, Mo- you, Alan. In, in Mooresville So he's a local dude oh. All so, right, Alan. So thanks Alan for the email um, uh, So if, if we can get a hold of Ghostbusters Because uh, I don't own a copy of it and I actually, actually I do
1: Is Um, it not on Netflix?
0: I don't know. I I really thought it was. I I think Ghostbusters 2 is, but I don't think the first one is. Oh, no, no, we we are not watching Ghostbusters 2. That movie sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a copy I mean, come on. They freaking control the Statue of Liberty with the— No,
1: Ghostbusters is on there. I'm looking at it right now. Oh,
0: perfect. Then we'll watch it. It's on Netflix. We might might have to bump something. I think we should still watch Clue next week, but I think uh, Ghostbusters is going to get put in pretty early uh, just because it might get bumped for some reason.
1: Uh, and I haven't watched it in a long time. Netflix. Lord knows here. I still quote the darn thing, but yeah. the last time I saw Ghostbusters was about ten years ago, probably. Yeah.
2: Um, don't cross uh, the streams. Don't
0: cross the streams. No. Um, I, in fact, I tell my texts uh, at my job that you know they're it, it's an audio power thing, but it they don't get the job. Cats it,
1: living together. Yeah. Mass hysteria.
0: Um, oh, quotes. We didn't do quotes from from Skyfall. What uh, do you guys write any quotes down? Not at all. I did not. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I, I did. So that was really, I wrote one and, and the guy says to, to, to him, um, you can retire with dignity. And she says, well, to hell with dignity. I'll quit when the job is done. So uh, there we go. Um, there's your quote from the movie. Uh, so yeah, so special thanks goes out to sight and sound, AV at sight and sound, They gave me my AV gear that I use to record this dribble. Um, uh, Steve Everett, thank you to Steve Everett for giving us uh, his his music so that we can play it in our intro and our outro. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, so good job to Steve Everett. Like him on Facebook and check him out at Steve Everett with two T's dot net. Like us, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We love those. You can also find us on Stitcher. Um, people are actually listening to us on Stitcher, which is great. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook dot slash cheap seat reviews, and follow us on Twitter at Cheapseatcast. Please send your emails to CheapSeatReview at gmail.com. We'll read them on air, obviously. Uh, and that's gonna do it. So for Chad, for Sam, for Corny, and myself, saying good night and you know, have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. Shake it. Shake it, my head
3: With my heart underneath your